Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. I want to share a passage of Scripture. Now the context of this Scripture is that God is speaking to Moses and He's instructing him to tell the Israelites um, how living in the promised land will be different to how living in Egypt was. And he's telling them the difference between living in the promised land as opposed to where they come from when they were in the bondage of Egypt. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10. Moses says to the people, he says, the land you are going to take is not like Egypt where you were. There you had to plant your seed and water it like a vegetable garden using your feet. So when they lived in Egypt, uh, rain was very scarce and it wasn't consistent enough for them to be able to grow the crops that they needed. And so what they would have to do is they would have to dig trenches that came from the River Nile and they would have to build pumps that they operated with their feet just to be able to get to the wa enough water to be able to hopefully produce a crop. And as you can imagine, it was very laborious work. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time. It, it, it just, you know, it took a lot of energy and it, and it and it wasn't guaranteed, it was just a hope that that would perhaps be enough to get a result. But God says all that was about to change. As Moses goes on in the verse 11, he says, but the land that you will soon cross the Jordan River to take is a land of hills and valleys, a land that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. His eyes are on it continually and He watches it from the beginning of the year to the end. So they've been in a place where things could only hopefully happen by putting in all their energy and strength. They had to work so hard. They had to just take everything they had just to create a possibility of receiving what they needed to perhaps, you know, gain what they desired. But God was bringing them into a new place a place where they no, need, no longer needed to look down and rely upon themselves, but now they could look up and rely upon God. A place where the rain from heaven fell freely and consistently. A place Moses told them in verse 12 that God cares for and continually watches over. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty awesome place to be. A place that God cares for a place that God is interested in, a place that God has made it His responsibility to ensure that it has what it needs to flourish. That sounds like an incredible place. But I wanna encourage you tonight with some good news. If you are in Christ, that is the very place you find yourself right now, amen? You see, when you gave your life to Jesus, God transitioned you from being under the world and its mode of operation to being under the kingdom, His kingdom and His mode of operation. And when you transitioned to that place, when you became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you got access to everything that heaven has to offer. In fact, Paul states it this very way in Romans 8 verse 32. He says, and since God freely offered Him up as the sacrifice for us all, talking about Jesus, 
He certainly won't withhold from us anything else He has to give. So now you no longer have to work and cross your fingers and hope, oh, maybe my efforts will be enough to maybe elicit even a little bit of what I need. Now you don't need to do that. Now you can have a certainty. You can have assurance. You can have a confidence. If you would just simply pursue God, He will supply you with everything that you need. Jesus told us Himself in Matthew 6, verse 33. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. What that means is whatever you're facing this evening, whether you need a, a healing in your body, whether you need a breakthrough in your, in your finances, maybe you need a, something to restore in a relationship, Maybe you're dealing with just some negative thoughts in your mind and you just can't seem to shift them. Whatever you need tonight, you don't have to find the answer in your own effort. You don't have to exhaust yourself or work to the bone in a hope that maybe, maybe that will elicit the response that I needed. All you need to do now is just humble yourself. And say, God, oh, I invite you into this situation. And he will take care of the rest. I know it seems very simple. And it seems like we should do more, but it's true. Just simply invite Him in. Let me show you the truth of this. The very first miracle that Jesus performed, recorded in the Bible, is in John chapter 2, where He turned water into wine. Incredible miracle. It, I love that the first miracle was to take something that was in one state and in a moment completely change it into another. That's the power of our God. If you're unfamiliar with the, the details around the story, basically in Bible times, celebrations of marriages lasted for about seven days. In this case, they were up to day three and all of a sudden they had run out of wine, which is not a great thing, especially if you're the young couple because back in those days, hospitality was very important. And it would be quite uh, embarrassing and shameful to not be able to provide that hospitality to your guests. And so they were in a bit of trouble. But it says that Jesus' mother finds out that they've run out of wine. So she says to Jesus, Jesus, you need to do something about this. And Jesus complies and listens to his mother. And so he gathers six stone water jars. He asks them to fill them with water and immediately he changes them into wine and he saves the day. But what is often overlooked in that miracle is that I don't read anywhere where it says that young couple was stressing out. I don't read anywhere where they were striving to find an answer. In fact, I don't even quite sure if they knew that they'd run out of wine. In fact, it even says that the master of the banquet tasted the wine and he did not know where it had come from. So here's this couple, no stressing, no striving, just receiving. Do you know how that couple came to be blessed like that? Let me show you, John chapter two, verse one, on the third day of the wedding, took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and His disciples had also been invited. The reason they didn't need to stress or strive but they could just receive was simply because they had invited Jesus into their situation. 
that had invited Jesus. You know, I believe that when you invite Jesus into your life, into your world, into your circumstance, your situation, when you invite Him into your everyday life, I believe that there is things Jesus does for you to bless you that you're not even aware of. There's moments that He protects you. There's moments where He guides you. There's moments where He stops things from coming against you. And we're not even aware of it. There are times that we notice it and we're like, wow, that's amazing. But I believe that there are many times where He's doing stuff that we're not even aware, but because we invited Him in, he, he won't force Himself, but when you invite, it gives Him permission. Oh, come on, Jesus, do what only you can do. Church, the time of stressing and striving is over. The time of resting and receiving has come. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight, though, and you're like, but I, I don't know if God would want to bless me. I, I, don't, I don't know, because... You know, I, I haven't been in a great place. I haven't been to church that often. I haven't, you know, sort of been doing the right things. I made some mistakes. I haven't been this model Christian. You know, I, I don't know if God would really want to bless me. Well, if there's anyone in this room here tonight who feels that way, let me share a truth to you, with you that I pray sticks with you forever. Here it is. God's blessings don't fall on us as a result of our performance. God's blessings fall on us as a result of His compassion. It's not a result of our performance, it's a result of His compassion, amen? Look at what Moses, Moses makes very clear, right? So Moses has told the people, God's about to transition you into this new land, right? Where, where it's just gonna be different and I'm gonna reign down from heaven what you need to produce what you need. And listen to what Moses makes very clear before he told him that. In just a chapter before, Deuteronomy 9 verse 6, he says, Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord is giving you this good land to possess. You're a stiff-necked people. Another version says, in the Good News, if you can, you can be sure that the Lord is not giving you this fertile land because you deserve it. No, you're a stubborn people. What he's wanting to make very clear is that you weren't receiving this as a reward for your performance. In fact, Moses goes on, goes on to remind them of how bad they had been, of how, diff, how many mistakes and ways they had fallen short. And so he wants to know this wasn't a result of your performance. This is simply a result of God's compassion. See, His blessings don't fall on us because we are good. His blessings fall on us because He is good, amen? Because He is awesome. Because He is amazing. Because He is unconditionally loving towards us. If it was performance-based, none of us could expect anything from God because none of us are good enough to deserve anything from God. But when it's compassion-based, then I wanna tell you that no matter who you are in this room, you can expect if you will position yourself to receive, that God will touch you. God's not put off by your mess. He's not saying, well, this one's cleaned up, this one's too messy, you know, I don't wanna go there. God's not put off by our mess. I remember when I was about 10 years old, I went, uh, I was at a swimming center. 
And we finished swimming, we'd packed up. I got dressed, we were about to leave. And I look out on the water, uh, in one of the swimming pools, and there was a, a young boy swimming with his baby sister. And she was probably about one years old, and she had like a, one of those inflatable tubes around. She was strapped into that, just floating in the water. And as I was about to leave, I saw out of the corner of my eye, all of a sudden, that little baby girl flipped over. And her head was underwater, and her legs were just like kicking back and forth like this. And all of a sudden, this panic overtook me. And as I saw this uh, little one-year-old baby sort of just underneath the water, and I start yelling out to the bro, hey, buddy, hey, mate, hey, hey, did you? But it was so loud in there that he couldn't hear me, and nobody noticed. And for about 20 seconds, this baby is under the water, and in that moment, I just, I, I thought, I need to do something. <laughs> and so just like, I dropped my bags, fully clothed, I jumped into the water, I swam over to the baby, I flipped her back over and, and thank goodness, you know, she was all okay. No, don't blame that. No, that, you're an idiot. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that, you buffer. Uh. But I think back, I think back to that moment, right? I think back to that moment and I'm like, I, I remember in that moment, nothing else mattered but just being able to help that baby. It didn't matter that I was fully clothed. It didn't matter that my parents were leaving. It didn't matter. Nothing else mattered. The only thing was mattered. Someone was in trouble. And this compassion overcame me that I needed to do something. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even know that girl. I had no personal relationship but I still had this compassion that I needed to do something. I needed to help her. If we have inside of us the compassion to help somebody in need that we don't know, you cannot tell me that our mess could ever hold back the compassion of God who loves us more than we could ever know, who knows us more intimately than anybody else, who has the compassion that is so much greater than our compassion. Let me tell you tonight, no one is untouchable in this place. As far as Jesus is concerned, no one is untouchable. In the Bible, all through the Bible, uh, well, at numbers of times in Jesus' ministry, I should say, we see moments where Jesus touched lepers and healed them. Now, it might seem like, okay, what's the big deal? Well, back in those days, lepers were classed or labeled by law as unclean. Effectively, you could not touch a leper and they could not touch you. They were labeled untouchable. Yet Jesus still reached out His hand and He touched them because to Jesus, no one is untouchable. Amen. And I want to encourage you, the same is true for every single person in this place tonight. It doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter how you've come in. doesn't matter what brought you here tonight. Do not allow the thoughts of the enemy to deceive you into thinking that Jesus doesn't have anything for me because He does and He loves you more than you could ever know. If you would just position yourself, humble yourself and say, here I am, Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I invite you into my situation. I, I just wanna know you're real. I just need a touch from you. I just, you know, when I hand this situation over to you, it's not about performance. And I wanna deep seed that truth into you because I, I just don't want anyone in this room tonight to think, expect to receive something from God if you would just humble yourself to do so and ask the team to come I've got one last thought to share with you and then we're going to pray one last thing that Moses addresses 
to the Israelites. God told him to speak to them. Let's look at this uh, key passage again, Deuteronomy 11, 11. We'll pick it up in verse 11. But the land that you soon cross the Jordan River to take is the land of hills and valleys, the land that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land your God cares for. His eyes are on it continually and He watches it from the beginning of the year to the end. If you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, this is verse 13. If you carefully carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, love the Lord your God and serve Him with your whole being. Verse 14, then He will send rain on your land at the right time. In the fall and the spring, And you'll be able to gather your grain, new wine, and oil. You'll be able to gather your grain, new wine, and oil. Under the rain of heaven, you will find grain, wine, and oil. What's interesting about these three things is it's surprisingly a a great number of times they are mentioned in the Bible together. Grain wine and oil. Now that might not seem like a big deal until you understand what each of these three things represent. In the Bible, grain represents abundance. Wine represents joy and the oil represents anointing. Under the reign of heaven, you find abundance, you find joy, you find anointing. You find something that ministers to you physically, something that ministers to you emotionally, and something that ministers to you spiritually. Under the reign of heaven, you'll find physical, emotional, and spiritual provision. You know what that tells me? That tells me that it doesn't matter what your need might be tonight. It doesn't matter whether it's a physical need. It doesn't matter whether it's an emotional need. It doesn't matter whether it's a spiritual need. If you would just come and position yourself under the reign of heaven, that God has every single need covered that you could ever think of. There's not a total situation that God can't answer. There's not a need that God can't find a solution to. There is nothing that is impossible for God. Let me tell you this, nothing, nothing is impossible for God. Everything is easy for God. It doesn't matter what someone has said. It doesn't matter how many things you have tried. It doesn't matter how many people you've seen, how much money you've spent, how many times they've said no. In the presence of God, anything is possible. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that his death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and his life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you.
He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer. And wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.